Well, hello there, Henry Harris, and welcome to another edition of the Spiritual Foundations of Mental Health. Today's topic, a healthy inferiority complex. Okay, let us begin. We're looking at a simple truth, the feelings and moods and psychological experiences that we're experiencing, we're having moment to moment to moment are being created in one way. They're being created from one source in this moment. And the possibility that that, that that source allows for the possibility of all the feelings that we're having. We could be having, a, we're, we're having feelings of peaceful trust, warm gratitude, frightened anxiousness, um, nervous despair, all, all kinds of feelings. All of them are being created and shaped in a given moment. And it, while it can look like the events and the circumstances of our lives are, are actually shaping those feelings and moods, it can't actually work that way. We are living inside of a healthy and safe world. And inside that healthy, safe world, it's there's all kinds of feelings that are there are available to us. It is possible to misunderstand how those feelings are being created and shaped. It can look like they're being created and shaped from the outside in, that the events and circumstances of our past present or what we anticipate our future to be that looks like those can be shaping our, our experiences and and it can feel quite uh, we can feel quite victimized and the truth is is that there is a measure to which we are very much not in control however the feelings themselves that we're experiencing are not dangerous one metaphor that has been used to describe this is the experience of watching a um, a shadow that is playing out on the wall and you're hearing the cry of a child who's trying to go to sleep and feeling tormented by the, by the, um, by the shape of that shadow on the wall as it's cast by the light of the moon. And he feels it's a, it's a monster. Now it's a real feeling. He is definitely frightened and there's certainly something to have compassion and, um, there's a tremendous room and, and, and necessity for compassion and understanding that feeling feels real. But at a certain point, it's going to be really helpful for both the parent and the child to understand, you know what, there's fear and there's feelings, but at the root of that, it's a safe world. There really is a safe world. The room is safe and I can be with him. Even if I can't convince him that he has nothing to worry about, I can know. I can know for myself that it, there really is nothing to be afraid of and I can be with him in his, in his fear. In that same manner, we can we can do the same thing for ourselves. There's a part of us that doesn't have the ability to stand apart from and separate from our feelings. The feelings just are so intensely strong. They're so we, we live in the feeling of our of that of that flow. And it feels very much like a description of the reality of our lives without without an alternative explanation. It it, it really feels that way. Even as it feels that way and we can taste the feeling of despair or shame or any other kind of negative feeling, there's a part of us that has a foot in the door of, okay, I know something about how feelings are being created. And let's, let's give ourselves the, the possibility of just kind of being. Let's comfort ourselves. Let's, let's hold ourselves. Let's take care of ourselves. Even as we have a toe in the door of clarity. You know, I, I, I know that feelings can't actually be created from the world around me and the events and the circumstances of our lives directly. 
that's a powerful understanding. It doesn't mean, therefore, you can banish or or disappear unpleasant feelings, but it does mean that you have the ability to be in your life in a wholly new and meaningful manner and ultimately move in a trajectory of greater and greater understanding, a broader and broader perspective that your relationship with difficult feelings become more and more... Um, there's a there's a, a greater and greater capacity to be. That's really what it comes down to. So I mentioned today this idea of a healthy inferior inferiority complex. I was very struck this week by an email that I got from the teachings of Rabbi Avigdor Miller of Blessed Memory, who of whom I'm a, a loyal and grateful student. Um, and he was asked the following question: There's a from boy who suffers from an inferiority complex, a religious boy who suffers from an inferiority complex, what should he do about it? So here's, here was Rabbi Miller's response. I don't know exactly what you mean by that, but you do have to know the following. An inferiority complex is nothing wrong at all. He should be happy with it. If you feel inferior, that's wonderful. You're an unav. You're a humble person, a person who feels that he has an inferiority about him, he's humble. The only trouble, says Rabbi Miller, is if you're unhappy about it. If you're if you're unsatisfied with the inferiority complex, then you're not a none of you're not a humble person. You really you really want honor. You'd like to be a blustering gibor, a blustering powerhouse that everybody should look up to you and praise you. And it hurts you that you don't have the boldness. So he goes on, but the point is, is that he's saying is that there is room in a healthy person's life for an awareness of our inferiority. Now, I realize that's a loaded word, but, but I'm struck by it. I'm, I'm, I'm struck by it, and I appreciate the power and the, the, the subtlety here of having an awareness of our inferiority, an, an, an awareness of our lack. Maybe the word that people might be bothered by his inferiority. I, I, I think what Rabbi Miller is pointing to is the idea of we're, lack, we're lacking. Human beings are lacking. The basis of our humility is that we are small and in, um, incomplete. We are small and incomplete and in a fundamental sense impotent in the world that we are operating in. We, we don't have total power. We don't even have well, we have a very real power over the lives that we are responsible for. But in terms of the world itself, we are really limited. And he's identifying, if you, he's pointing out, if you experience yourself as lacking, that's a very healthy thing. The, the only question is, is how do you feel about the fact that you're lacking? He is identifying what would be referred to as a healthy inferiority complex. This is a powerful idea because of the root of all health is the awareness that we have limitations and that we can be okay with those limitations. Another wonderful encounter with a historic personality of their very different nature also tells us about the concept of an inferiority complex. It's none other than Paro. Paro, we, we are introduced to, to um, more deeply this week. And one of the places that we get to know Paro is in the following verse. God tells Moshe, go to Pharaoh in the morning. Behold, he goes out to the water. So God tells specifically, tells Moshe specifically, go greet Pharaoh as he goes out to the water in the morning. Rashi comments, why? What's, what, what does it have to do with anything? Like, just go, you're meeting him at the water, 
you're reading him in the morning, just go to Pharaoh and tell the following message. What does it matter where and when? So Rashi points out, no, it matters a lot where and when. What, what was the Torah indicating when it said that God wanted him to meet Pharaoh at the water, at the morning? Because what was Moshe, what was Pharaoh doing at the water in the morning? He was attending to Linikavav. He was attending to his physical needs, his physical waste needs. That means to say he was going to the bathroom. Why? He made himself out as a deity to the Egyptian people. And he would say, he doesn't actually have a use from, he doesn't have a need for a bathroom. There were apparently no royal bathrooms in the Egyptian palace because as Pharaoh would have you believe, there was no need for him to have a bathroom. He was a god. And only humans and mortals have the need to relieve themselves. They have to eliminate waste. But he, Pharaoh, the deity, has no such need. So that's what he would do. He had his own private kind of Nile uh, uh, bank. And he would go there without anybody looking and watching and, and discovering the truth about his humanity. And he would relieve himself. He would perform his human needs. But to everyone else, he would present as if I don't have lack. I don't have humanity. I don't have uh, mortality, so to speak. So this is a profound thing. Like this is right here is the root of the distinction between a healthy inferiority complex and an unhealthy inferiority complex. I don't know of a person in the world, myself included, that doesn't often experience a sense of, uh, wow, I... I'm really lacking. I don't have control over the people in my life to the degree I'd like. I don't have control over the circumstances. I don't have control over myself. I don't have control over my moods, my inspiration, my confidence. I, I don't have the capacity to just generate, create, and dictate the terms and feelings and moods of my life as well as those around me. Um, I certainly don't dictate the stock market, that's for sure. And to the degree that that depresses us, it is a sign that we have not come to, to terms with the truth, with a simple truth about all humanity. We lack things. According to Rabbi Miller, it is a great, great spiritual and, and psychological advantage for a person to fear, to have to feel his inferiority. He would refer to that as feeling one's limitations, feeling one's lack of power. It's a great aspect of a person's success is to, is to feel one's lack and impotence. The only question is, is how do you feel about it? Are you uh, embracing it? Are you accepting it? Are you ready to take it on and say, yes, that's the design? Oh, there's a part of me that doesn't like it. Okay, but I want that understanding. I want to make peace with the fact that I'm lacking and I'm, 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 I'm impotent in this manner and that manner. I want it. Or are you in protest mode? This guy gave me my uh, imperfection. This guy gave me my inferiority. This sort of circumstances gave me. We are all encountering our inferiority, our lack, our imperfectness our limits. And to the degree, and the question becomes, how much are we desirous of that reality, as uncomfortable as it is, as confronting as it is, how much are we interested in making peace with the reality of it? That will make the difference in having a healthy, 
or an unhealthy inferiority complex.